You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Your host for Heart Matters is Dr. Jack Lewin, Chief Executive Officer of the American College of Cardiology. A recent trial compared the effectiveness of combining high-dose statins with either extended-release niacin or ezetimibe to slow atherosclerosis. The Arbiter 6 HALTS trial demonstrated that niacin was superior to ezetimibe in reducing both carotid artery thickness and the rate of significant cardiac events. These findings add further weight to the results of the previous enhanced trial, which found similar unremarkable results for using ezetimibe in conjunction with statins, but on the other hand, made niacin look like a star. It lowers LDL, raises HDL. So should we rely on these bodies of evidence and consider therapies other than ezetimibe or other adjunctive therapies to statins? Or were these studies designed such that we should await the results of further large-scale trials? Our guest today is Dr. Christopher Cannon, Senior Investigator of the Timmy Study Group in the Cardiovascular Division at Brigham and Women's Hospital. He's also Associate Professor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School, and he's the Editor-in-Chief of ACC's Cardiosource. Welcome, Chris Cannon. Well, thanks very much. A delight to join you. Well, I'd like to start today by asking you to provide us with some background on the niacin versus ezetimibe in conjunction with statins and, you know, just your perspective overall on Arbiter. Well, for starters, I think wanting to put this in perspective, as was discussed at the AHA meeting, that this is a small trial of 208 patients using a surrogate endpoint, a useful one, the carotid intima media thickness but it actually is not a clinical outcome study. And so many people have cautioned we really should be interested in these results, but have to put them in broader perspective of other trial data. With that, this is a follow-up study that Alan Taylor did to his first study of niacin, the Arbiter II trial, where he found a trend relative to placebo on a background of statin for improvements in the thickness of the intima of the carotid artery. It was just a p-value of 0.08. He had done also the Arbiter 3 study that followed where he extended those results and found that the higher the HDL, the better the improvement in the thickness of this artery. And so this was a redo, although he added into the control arm ezetimibe to try and get some more LDL lowering. And so what was seen was, again, very encouraging on the niacin approach of adding that on top of statins, that there was improvement in the thickness of the intermedia of the carotid artery. And with ezetimibe, there was no change. And I should note just historically, the prior statin-only studies had shown progression in the Arbiter II study. And so this is actually very similar in findings to a study just published in the Journal of American College of Cardiology that used MRI of the carotid artery that also found benefits of niacin in terms of the thickness of the artery. So there have been several studies that are encouraging on niacin, but there are two large clinical outcomes trials that are in the follow-up phase now. AIM High, a 3,300 patient study adding niacin on top of simvastatin, 
and the Heart Protection 2 Thrive study that is a 20,000 patient trial gathering long-term follow-up data to see whether there are clinical benefits of adding niacin on top of the statin. Chris, in terms of the trial design for Arbiter 6, did it meet what you believe is appropriate in terms of the number of people, the, you know, what, 14 months? And of course, they decided to end the study early because of, of some of the outcomes. Any comments there about the design and what happened at AHA? Yeah, the design, it's a randomized trial, which is good. The fact that it was terminated early always raises questions. It was apparently a pre-specified analysis. Um, that gives one a little bit less power and hence certainty about the finding result. I did ask Alan Taylor if they had seen the opposite of azetamibe being better than niacin, would they have stopped the study early? And that's obviously a different circumstance that wasn't addressed, but the findings are what they are. I think one has to recall, though, this is a surrogate endpoint trial. I take exception, really, with the publication in the New England Journal talking about effects on major cardiovascular events where this was allowed to be included in the summaries of the paper, but there are two events versus nine events, which in the realm of clinical trials is basically ridiculous to talk about. And I don't think is relevant. You know, the large outcome trials need a thousand to you know, we're doing a study with 5,000 endpoints. And so to say that the clinical effects are better on the basis of two versus nine events, I think is a little dangerous really to talk about and make judgments on. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. But, you know, the, the other issue that has been discussed is measuring a carotid intima media thickness, CIMT. Is that as reliable an indicator in terms of myocardial infarction or cardiac death rather than what it is, a carotid measure. What do you think about that? I mean, because you hear that discussion as well. It's a very well-validated surrogate marker. Patients who have thicker arteries tend to have disease elsewhere in their vasculature and as such are, are at higher risk of developing MI. You know, the change is very, very small, and so you wonder what does that mean. I think it's a useful surrogate marker of changes in the vasculature, but we really don't know what that means for plaques and whether plaques would rupture and whether you'd have an MI or not. And and so it's helpful to guide and be encouraged about therapies, but that leads to then the need to do larger outcomes trials. You know, and from the larger trials, we will learn whether it can prevent death, MI, or, or recurrent angina, but also gain some safety data because we know that on the top of statins, adding niacin can lead to hepatitis or liver function abnormalities. And so how that would play in a large group of unselected patients in clinical practice is a bit of a question mark right now. Yes, another cause of terrifying painless jaundice that sometimes gets overlooked. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jack Lewin. Our guest is Dr. Christopher Cannon, Senior Investigator of the Timmy Study Group in the Cardiovascular Disease at Brigham and Women's Hospital, Associate Professor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School and Editor-in-Chief of ACC's CardioSource. We're discussing the results of the Arbiter 6 HALTS trial and whether this may change clinical use of azetamibe, niacin, and so forth. 
We did talk a little bit about the limitations of the of the trial. Any comments about you know whether the analysis was enough to warrant stopping the study early? Did that make sense to you, Chris? What was the discussion about that? Well, generally, one tries to avoid that. I don't know the details of the you know the protocol as to whether this were pre-specified and whatnot. I think you know clinically we look at all new study data and try and integrate it into what we know. So that decreases a little bit the certainty, but you know they have a valid finding that is perfectly consistent with other data in the field. Three this is the third study by Dr. Taylor of of niacin, and then there's the paper in Jack recently, and then it all started really with a study by Greg Brown using good old coronary angiography and and quantitative angiography, where he found that adding niacin on top of a statin reduced the percent stenosis of plaques. So we have encouraging data on the effects of niacin in the vasculature. The clinical data, though, are are 30 years old or 35 years old and not on a background of statin and actually very limited. So there was the coronary drug project that had six different lipid strategies, one of which included 1,100 patients with niacin. It actually didn't meet the primary endpoint. They were looking for a reduction in mortality at six years and found none. They did see reduction in recurrent MI, which is encouraging at six years. And with 15-year follow-up, they saw a reduction in mortality in these 1,100 patients as compared with the placebo arm. And so the evidence base with clinical data is very thin and basically non-existent when adding this on top of statin for, you know, the clinical outcome studies. And that's where I think most cardiologists I've talked to have said, you know, this is interesting, but we really need to wait for the big studies. And when are those big studies coming? Clinicaltrials.gov actually provides us with updated information from the investigators. And so the AIM High trial, and this is Greg Brown collaborating with Bill Bowden, is listed as completing in April 2011. And then the much larger Heart Protection 2 Thrive study is listed as having results in 2013. So it will be a while before we have definitive data, but it's encouraging to know that the trials are in the follow-up phase and, and the data are coming soon. And in terms of those trials, are people pretty comfortable with the study designs and uh, the way these are moving? So are they likely we're going to get something that's definitive from these future trials? Yes. So both are very well-designed, double-blind trials in large cohorts with the patients with vascular disease, so exactly the right patients we're treating on a day-to-day basis. So in the interim, I think people have been encouraged by this study and, and the recent other studies on niacin, and so that if a patient's been maximized on statin therapy and you're looking at a low HDL, certainly an exercise program is the number one thing that we recommend and stopping smoking if that's relevant. But I think people will be encouraged to try niacin to try and raise the HDL, and I think that's a reasonable thing to consider although we have to realize we really don't have the clinical data to say that that's going to be a proven strategy. 
Well, so you know, considering there are millions of patients out there on either uh, ezetimibe alone or ezetimibe plus simvastatin, what advice would you offer to the physicians out there? You know, many of them are not able to track all the cardiovascular literature, their primary care docs, and so forth. What would you say about clinical advice today? We just we just have to wait. We have to wait and see. Or what would you add to that? We got niacin could be added, of course, obviously. Right, and so th- there are really two approaches and two stories that I think run in parallel. And this study is encouraging on the notion of raising HDL, which I think is, you know, a secondary or actually a tertiary target in the guidelines, where the primary goal in our guidelines is to lower LDL. And so this study had that as the control arm, but didn't have a placebo arm to say whether could really comment at all on the relative merits of the LDL strategy that they used. So clinically, we come back to our guidelines that the number one goal is to get the LDL down to target using statins first and then other adjunctive therapies as needed. So that's really continues to be the, the primary approach that we need to do. And, and so in that Multiple different drugs have been seen to be adjuncts to statins. Azetamibe is one of them. It's not proven to reduce events. And we're doing a a trial, the Improve It trial, to uh, address that. We have over 15,000 of the planned 18,000 patients enrolled and will be a very large outcomes trial. So the LDL story, we're looking now for a third step down in how low we lower the LDL. We started with statin alone, then high-dose statin was better than regular-dose statin. Now we're using full-dose statin plus another agent, in this case, azetamibe, to see whether that third step down in terms of lowering LDL would be, would be beneficial. And it may be, and I anticipate that further lowering of LDL will be good and raising HDL will be good, and so that ultimately we'll end up with both of these strategies being adopted, although we really do need the clinical outcomes trials before the guidelines would change to reflect that. The opportunities are great here, and thank you for informing us about this, Chris. It's been a great discussion. We've been talking with Dr. Christopher Cannon about the Arbiter 6 and HALTS trial recently presented at the AHA in Orlando. Dr. Cannon, thank you for being our guest. Thank you. You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast of this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.